This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Cause we're gonna be Gary, how to keep your productivity so damn high? You know, for me, there's only one real answer. It's not a very scalable answer to everybody else. The truth is my productivity is very high because of gratitude. I'm so outrageously grateful for the fact that I was born in Belarus, which is the last dictatorship in Europe. I was born in the Soviet Union, in communism, as a pure 100% capitalist and was born in a time when the Soviet Union was struggling and they traded people leaving the Soviet Union because nobody could leave the country. I was able to leave the country because Israel and the United States made a pact to get Jews out of Russia by trading wheat. I was traded for wheat, right? So I was born luckily at a moment where in a communist regime where I was able to get out of there, I was able to come to the greatest capitalistic country in the world. I was born to two incredibly amazing parents for different reasons. My mom building my self-esteem to a point where I think I can do anything. My dad teaching me that, which saved my ass because boy am I a bullshitter at heart, right? <laughs> and so, I, I, you know, unfortunately I lost three of my grandparents before I was four, so I've, I've basically never known a lot of death in my family. I've been given the one talent that really, I think, over-indexes for success, which is salesmanship and business skills. And so my productivity, very honestly, is completely predicated on the gratitude of the things that I've been gifted, and I just can't let all that good stuff down. I, I, I feel like I'm, I can't let it down. I mean, I was so lucky. It, it, it's up to me to, to do the right thing with it. And so gratitude is how I... It's the best answer. Amanda asks, what ways can agencies make staff meetings more productive? Amanda, I love this question. Uh, By the way, I just took my wedding ring off. Big week for me, turned 39 and have my 10th wedding anniversary this week. Thursday is the wedding anniversary, Friday is my birthday. That's right, at midnight at my wedding, the whole wedding party sang me happy birthday. That's how I roll. Amanda, uh, Amanda, right? Amanda, great question. The best way to make meetings more efficient is to cut them in half, to cut them in, <laughs> to cut seven eighths out of them. The amount of bull crap that goes on in a meeting, the setup, this and that. One thing I just noticed, I hired a couple of very senior executives recently, uh, three or four SVPs, very senior people here at Vayner, and to a T, each of them have come up to me and said, wow, your meetings are so weird. You know, they're five minutes, they're 10 minutes, they're 15 minutes, because most of it doesn't matter. This has become the theme of this show, it just doesn't matter. Um, So I think one of the best ways to make it efficient is to cut them in time. One of the things that I realize is that people will fit you know, 10 pounds of crap into a 10 pound bag. You give them a 15 pound bag, that's what they fit it into. They don't overfill. What I mean by that is, if you have a one hour meeting, if we have a one hour meeting, we'll fit what we need to get into that, into that hour. We'll banter a little bit, we'll go a little bit deeper, but if we cut that same meeting to 15 minutes, we'll still accomplish that and we've saved the 45. So the answer to your question is restrictions. Create a mandate for the length of the meeting. Stop focusing on dumb shit and just keep moving and don't be scared of breaking anything and don't think about perfection and there is no perfect way to cross your T's and dot your I's and don't be crippled and don't be romantic and just move and have no seconds to breathe and just schedule on schedule on schedule, five minute meetings, 10 minute meetings, three minute meetings, eight minute meetings and just move. 
Hey Gary, my name is Mina Sleeb, um, founder of Asp yes, sir. Um, founder of Aspire. Aspire is a productivity community for millennials. We're trying to get millennials, Generation Z, to be more productive. Love it. Um, so I know that you work 16, 17, 18 hours a day, 19 hours, depending on who says they work more, you work more. That's right. Um, so 25 hours a day, bitches. <laughs> so my question is, especially for my audience, how are you that productive? Like, how do you do this every single day? Well, I think we have to define productive because it's interesting to Garrett's question, right? Like, you mean how am I actually physically executing that many? I, I would argue that I'm not so outrageously productive. So I guess the first question. You know what I mean? Let's yeah. break it. Let's break it down. So I guess the first question would be, what is your definition of productivity? Is it hustle? Because every time I think about productivity, I just think about. Hustle. I think results. Okay. You know, like when I think of productivity, I think about results, and then I think about short-term results and long-term results. Like, I feel like the Ask Gary V Show was a productive venture because I'm very humbled right now that all of you came here today, and it makes me super duper happy. Right? Yeah. I can also think it's productive because multiple companies have now paid me instead of going and publicly speaking because I can't make every event, they've actually paid me for a custom version of the Ask Gary V show. So that was productive. I get paid a lot of money for that. That seemed pretty cool. I like that. I also think it's productive because my next book that comes out in February is gonna be called Ask Gary V. And the whole thematic around it is that, so that's gonna be productive. So there's a lot of different ways to, it depends on how one defines productivity, number one. Um, to me, it's the output. And so you guys heard insight into another thing, right? This seven person team is giving me a blueprint that I'm pushing against to try to figure out a bigger business model. I mean look, my marketing activity for Wine Library was productive because I grew my family business to a big business. It also became the output of my learnings that became the foundation of my personal brand which became the beacon to building the fastest growing social digital agency ever, right? Like so, like I'm always, I'm, I'm doing things that people feel are not scalable in the moment that I find to be very scalable if you're willing to look at them in a five to 10 year window. Yeah. Got it? Yeah. Like was it productive for me to take that meeting with Chris Desi when he randomly emailed me and said, hey will you take this meeting? And I said sure, which then led to a 15 minute I'm just gonna pay forward to this kid moment which I love to do because you never know. Well in this time I didn't know because it led to he being one of the early employees at Buddy Media which was a company Mike Lazaro had and I will tell you that that led to free office space at Wine Lot for VaynerMedia when we started it in the conference room at Buddy Media. It also led to me giving a quote to Mike Lazaro for Buddy Media where he gave me warrants to his company which later sold for a billion dollars to Salesforce so I made seven figures on a quote to a website so I'd call that productive for that 15 minute meeting. But it also led to a friendship that has become one of the core friendships for Lizzie and I and this Saturday night I got to spend time with a very small group for his oldest son's bar mitzvah and the speech that the son gave and the speech that Mike gave is something that is engraved in my heart for the rest of my life. I call that productive but then there's a billion 15 minute meetings that I take where the kid's a piece of shit and nothing good happened. <laughs> so when you play it in a net net game I think that people are overthinking their at-bats, right? And I think intent matters. I think people are trying to be too technically sound, too, they're not allowing for serendipity. And serendipity is where all the magic is, my friends. All of it. I don't, and I never will, understand why leaders don't understand that a three-minute call 
can create so much upside for the individual on the other side of the call, you as a leader, and and most of all, which is always my first priority, the logo at hand. People always say things like, it blows me away, Gary, how much time you have to engage with your fans uh, on social. Um, people always say, oh, I can't believe you, uh, you take those five minutes to say hello. What people don't see as much and what Daily V allows me to do is, you know, this three minute call, three minutes, 180 seconds, could be the difference between this individual being with us for 10 to 15 years, and he's an amazing guy, versus gone in 10 and 15 weeks. Like, I don't think people get it. People are your asset. Too many of you are thinking so short term, you're like, yeah, you took three minutes on that, but then the guy leaves and does his own thing, and then what? Doing the right thing is always the right thing. Like, putting in that 180 seconds is always ROI positive. Kyle asks, when you are hustling, how do you spot the difference between busy work and valuable work? You know, Kyle, that's a great question, and honestly, that's a work in progress always. Uh, to me, uh, Sam, real quick. What's up? This is gonna be a real live lesson in retail. What's up? Um, please always make sure you ask the customer if they need any help. Oh, I got you. Yeah, them? Yeah. Okay, cool. That's good. Good, awesome. Good. Thank you, get out of here. Get his handle. Um, so, so I think the, <laughs> gotta shift the brain from retail. Busy, this is something I've dealt with my whole life. Like, you know, I've, I don't think I've mastered it. I don't think that I, I mean, I'm doing busy work even now at the level that I'm at. I'm still doing busy work that I think is, uh, in hindsight, uh, not as good. I think experience helps you. I think over time, I've learned through, oh crap, I remember when I did that back in the day, don't do that again. You start understanding. But I think one of the biggest mistakes that entrepreneurs make, especially as they grow their business, uh, or in the beginning when they're crippled by this thought of quality work versus just doing it, you know, like smart work versus just work, is when you start judging it too much, you start leaving yourself out of opportunity for serendipity and upside that you can't see. There's been a lot of things that on paper may look like busy work, going to, get, you know, just kissing babies and shaking hands or just replying to everybody on Twitter. Things that not everybody thinks is the best scalable use of my time that has led to enormous upside because it wasn't obvious when you first did it. Uh, including a video show, including 10 years ago in a month, sitting upstairs doing a video show where everybody's like, we needed you that hour to sell wine or to reorganize our operations. Why are you putting a video on YouTube? What is YouTube? Like, got it? It ended up being the biggest, single biggest decision of my career up to this point, transitioning myself into a media property and a brand from just being an operator on this floor. Wasn't obvious, felt like it could have been busy work. And there's been other things that I've done like that that have been busy work. You know, I'm trying to think of a good example, but like a million things that we've stopped and started that didn't become real. It happens with us every day in our team. So, so I think that, um, I think you don't always know. I think you find out after the fact. And I think to have a long 40 to 60 year old professional career that's successful, as long as you're learning in year one, three, seven, nine, twelve patterns, start becoming more self-aware about yourself, understanding your strengths and weaknesses. You start having less just busy work and more high impact work and that's what's happened in my career. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, I really, really, really hope you loved it. Uh, As you guys know, I try to bring it every single day. Uh, So whether you're walking a dog, uh, running on the treadmill or traveling on a plane, I hope it brought a little value or escapism for you. And I'm here to talk to you about, as we get into the holiday seasons, the thing that I'm most excited about, which is 
the Gary V Wine Club for $55 a month delivered. No shipping charge. $55 delivered. You either get one, two, three, or four bottles of wine. For some of you that don't know, that is the industry I grew up in. I was once known as a wine expert. And what I've been doing is getting back in the game, tasting hundreds of wines each month to narrow it down between one and four bottles so that I can send it to you and send you over $100, $150, $200 worth of value each month. If you go to the hashtag Gary V Wine Club on Instagram, you can see the insanity brewing. I'm really excited about it. I know we're going to that time of year when you're thinking about buying that perfect gift. And I know so many of you have people that are fans of my content and different things of that nature. And to be very frank, I'm just so proud of the damn club. Like the first, you know, somebody just emailed me this morning actually. There was a Shatniff to pop. That's how we roll. A Shatniff to pop in the first October month, the first month we did it, that the guy just literally saw in a liquor store for $67 just for that bottle. And it was one of the three bottles. So super excited about it. Buy one for your dad, your best friend, your boss. I will not let you down. And most of all, each month, There is a video and audio supplement of me tasting the wines that you can taste along, build your palate, or entertain one of your buddies. The greatest gift for the holiday season in the history of mankind, the Gary Vee Wine of the Month Club, $55 delivered. Go sign up now to winelibrary.com slash Gary Vee. Gary V-E-E.